Just about every basketball player grows up with the Division I dream, to get to the highest level of college basketball. Some of us have no business even thinking about playing at that level. And then there are those who have the ability and the accolades, but for some reason, just never quite get the exposure they need. So what do you do if this is you? How do you respond from getting overlooked? I'm Matt Espinoza. Welcome to the Players Podcast. Today we sit down with Jordan Carter. Jordan was an All-State player in Oregon from McKay High School. After earning first-team All-League honors as a sophomore, he went on to be named Player of the Year his junior and senior years. During his senior year at the State High School Basketball Tournament, he led his team to a fourth-place finish and broke multiple scoring records, which were previously set by Kevin Love. Jordan talks about his mindset from not being recruited from big schools and how he moved on to having a great career at Corbin University. As a sophomore in high school, you were All-League first team. Junior year, you were MVP. What were your expectations as far as being recruited by colleges going into your senior year? I had really high expectations. I had really good coaches in high school who had sat me down multiple times and gone over goals as far as recognition and where I wanted to be at the college level, and they wanted to do everything in their power to get me uh, to the highest level wherever I wanted to go and my dream was to go and play division one basketball so my expectations were that I would hopefully be good enough to gain the interest of division one coaches specifically I'd always grown up wanting to play for U of O so I had really high expectations as the season progressed and as I you know figured out that I wasn't getting the interest I was really, really hoping for. My expectations had to change a little bit. But I definitely had really high expectations going into my senior year. And I think that those high expectations pushed me uh, in the weight room. They pushed me on the court. They pushed me in workouts to you know, do everything I could to attain those, those dreams of playing it at the next level. I was expecting to get a lot of interest because I had achieved my goals of being league MVP, I was second team All State as a junior and led first, the state in scoring. Right, led the state in scoring. First team All State as a senior. Everything seemed to be lining up as it needed to for me to get Division One interest, and it just didn't seem that the interest level was matching my achievements. So when the interest didn't come. You signed with Corbin College, Corbin University now, early, probably the January of your senior year, around then. And you went on to play in the state tournament after that, broke scoring records at the state tournament, went to the Oregon-Washington game, played in the Oregon-Washington game. Looking back, do you wish you would have waited to maybe see if some interest came after those events? I do. I think that exposure versus achievement is something that I didn't really understand. And so I was able to achieve a lot of the goals I set and garnish the recognition that I was hoping to uh, based on my play on the floor. I do wish I would have allowed myself more time to get exposure, whether it would have been through uh, some kind of AAU tournament in July, whether it would have been you know, through that Oregon-Washington game. I do wish I would have allowed that because... I don't know that I ever had a Division One coach see me play up until the 
state tournament and Oregon Washington game. And I, I do wish I would have given those coaches an opportunity to see me and also put myself in a position where I was playing in front of some of those coaches. Uh, it would definitely allow me more closure at this point to mm-hmm. look back and think I put myself in the best situation to get, you know, a Division One opportunity. And I don't know that I did uh, signing so early. You still did something that not very many players are able to do, regardless of level. You earned a full ride scholarship to university to play basketball. That's quite the achievement. What advice do you have for players who want to earn that scholarship, who are in high school now, uh, whether they're freshman, sophomore, you know, going up through the ranks? What advice would you give them to be able to do what you did? I was blessed with having really solid and supportive coaches as well as a trainer who was willing to train me as much as I was willing uh, to show up and put in the work. Uh, That man is Matt Espinoza and I'm so grateful. So uh, (laughs) I just wish, I just think that when you're trying to get a college scholarship and when that's, when that's your dream, you got to see the world through that lens and Everybody else is going to be in the gym. They're going to be working out. They're going to be competing for those same opportunities. So you got to be thinking about what you're doing to set yourself up to uh, get that opportunity. So for me, it was regularly waking up before school, working out, whether it was weight room, whether it was sprints, whether it was in the gym. Uh, After school, I was in the gym typically. uh, And then... Oftentimes we'd get some rest and do something in the evening uh, that was a turf workout or another hoop session. So you got to make those decisions and sacrifices uh, of your time and energy and, you know, when other people are, you know, doing fun things or whatever they want to do. Your decisions are based on, you know, getting to the next level. For players who don't feel like they're getting recognized by coaches in college, what advice do you have for them? I think it begins with putting in the work. Good players get noticed. So if you are putting in the work and you're seeing that work translate to success on the floor, you're going to have opportunities to get noticed, whether it's second team all-league, first team all-league, player of the year, second team all-state, first team all-state, whatever that might be, if you're putting in the work and the effort it's going to translate uh, to success on the floor. I also think there's, you know, you need to be wise about opportunities to gain exposure. Uh, You know, if your team's going to be able to make the state tournament or you're going to be able to be in a situation where you can put up numbers and statistics that are going to back your work ethic and demonstrate your ability to have success at the next level, uh, that's a great way of uh, gaining opportunity. I also think being wise about playing in tournaments in which you're going to be in front of coaches who are you know, going to be able to offer you some kind of scholarship or opportunity to play at the next level. You need to be careful. I think there's a lot of AAU opportunities that might not be the best fit and might be more interested in earning your dollar than getting you the right exposure. So you need to be you know, screening that through your trusted coaches and trainers. But finding opportunities to gain exposure uh, is really important. And I think that the work you put in and the, the product you, you put on the court, how you play, and 
you know, the numbers you put up, how you play with others. I think Lonzo Ball is a great example that numbers don't always equate to success. He's able to make players better around him, and he kind of got drafted on a lot of intangibles. And so, yeah, the work you put in will translate to on-court success, and then it's just about finding a way to uh, get in front of, you know, the coaches who are going to give you opportunities. I want to talk a little bit about your recruiting process in high school. A lot of players think about recruiting as, you know, Division One coaches sending letters, calling them, bringing them out for visits, and kind of not having to do the work. Basically, come play for me. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Uh, I know for me it was not like that. You were a little more talented in high school, but you weren't at that high Division One level. What was the recruiting process like for you? I had a lot of mail. I had a lot of small college Division II uh, interest, phone calls. Uh, I had a few home visits. I went and visited a few schools. I think for me the difference was that at a small school level, um, there's a lot of competition for the borderline players. So players who, you know, maybe like I had opportunities to, you know, walk on at Division One schools. I had um, a few full ride Division Two opportunities. So those small schools they need those borderline players to, uh, for them to make it to the next level. And so there was actually a lot of competition from small schools that was flattering. It obviously wasn't what I was ultimately hoping for um, but I did have a lot of pressure from small college coaches to sign and I heard from time to time and and from Corbin that you know if you don't sign within a certain time frame they're not going to be able to hold that scholarship they're going to need to give it to somebody else and I think one thing I learned I had a trusted coach in high school when I was a senior my head coach who said you know that opportunity is going to be there you need to wait this out. There, there's going to be other things that come your way. And I wish I would have listened to that advice. I definitely felt the pressure and wanted to, wanted that full ride opportunity because it has just absolutely blessed me and, and allowed me opportunities in life that I wouldn't have had without it. So I definitely think there is time if, if you are a player who that coach really wants, even if they give you a deadline, they're going to find a way to get you there. So I wouldn't be pressured. I would just really sit back and and try and find the best opportunity uh, that you absolutely you know feel like this is this is the one I want you know not just sign because one's on the table. You didn't get your dream of Division One, but in the end, it all worked out pretty well. You, you had a great college career. You graduated with a degree. You're married now. You got a career job. How much did the post-college career play into your college choice? I know for me, I made the choice solely on basketball. I put no thought into how it's going to set me up for my life after basketball. How much did you consider that aspect? Or how much you know? do you wish you could go back and tell yourself, think about what's going to come next? The benefit to me going to school in Salem has been amazing. I grew up here. Everyone I knew and loved was here. I really enjoyed getting to play in front of my high school coaches and 
uh, my fa- friends and family and trainers and I was really uh, you know lucky to be able to have those opportunities and the network I got to extend even deeper into the Salem community has absolutely helped me professionally uh, the number of relationships I have here you know from growing up high school college uh, the network I've built because of Corbin University I've definitely been blessed by that so I I took did take that into consideration I was you know promised that I could have some uh, an apartment on campus when I signed with Corbin that my wife and I could live in which after my junior year, we got married and lived in for two years, which is amazing as a young married couple to have your housing provided for. Uh, so the, there was many things that Corbin University blessed me with uh, through their scholarship room and board. They worked with me constantly to ensure that I you know, was taken care of, that my wife was taken care of, and through room and board and just really cared about our success both as you know as me as a basketball player on the court and also as a couple off the court so definitely Corbin University set me up for success uh, post-college so I'm very grateful for that. For players who are in high school now they don't feel like they're getting recognized by schools and maybe they're having some success on the court what advice do you have for them to get to that level? It's a really hard position to be in when you dream about playing at the next level every day and you're not getting the recognition because you you get to see those dreams get a little further away when as you get older and and you're not getting that recognition. I felt that as I was dreaming about Division 1 opportunities and it didn't seem like as many were coming my way as I was hoping and 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 praying for. So I would just say stay in the gym, stay uh, dedicated, be sure that you're the first one in and last one out. That's said a lot and the concept is awesome, but the reality is difficult and it's hard to do. Uh, but it's what it's going to take to get to the next level. You got to make sure that you're putting in the time, the energy, the effort because there's someone out there just as talented as you who is doing that and you got to think every day that the competition is is getting better and what are you doing to make sure that you are setting yourself up from a skills perspective from a physical fitness perspective to be ready for you know the next game the next opportunity you get to play in front of a coach you never know when that's going to come. I had an opportunity where a coach from Idaho uh, came out, had no idea who was going to be there. We put a last-minute open gym together, uh, had a good showing, and we had a conversation uh, that I thought was really promising, and I signed before anything could happen. But you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. So be training, be working, be ready, because you never know when it's when you're going to get a call or when you're going to get an opportunity. And something that players overlook too is make sure you're somebody that people want to go to bat for. If you're if you're not the best teammate or you're, you're not very respectful to your coach and then a college coach talks to them about you, give them a reason to talk you up. You know, don't 
don't let your high school coach or your AAU coach, you know, anybody you interact with, have have any hesitation to give you a recommendation because that can speak volumes. When college coaches call around, they might call one coach you played against. Say, hey, what was your experience with this kid? And if you were if you were acting like an idiot on the court, or you're getting teed up or something, or you're not a very good teammate, it's going to reflect who you are, and that's not going to bode well when somebody asks for a reference for you. It's time for the three point play. Three questions putting our guest on the spot. Here we go. What's one book that all athletes need to read? Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. He says in that book that to become an expert, a high-level professional at anything, you need to put in 10,000 hours uh, before you can master it. And I think that if you have any desire to play college basketball, one of the first things you should ask is, how am I going to get my 10,000 hours in? What's the first thing an athlete should do when they wake up? Pray and or meditate. Find a way to mentally get in a space that you're ready to uh, go after the day. What's the last thing an athlete should do before they go to bed? When I was at my peak fitness, it was stretch and roll out. And now it's snack and pray. So if you think you have the level to play at Division I college, but you're not quite getting looked at it yet, what's your mentality? How can Jordan's story help you move forward to have a great career in high school and college, regardless of level of play? The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to boys and girls in Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited in athletic opportunities because of financial restraints. Connect with us more on Instagram at Salem Hoops Project or visit salemhoopsproject.org to learn more about our organization.